the works of the Holy Spirit. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Very familiar. But as you read it, you say, you'll see it does not say that if any man is in Christ, he ought to become a new creature. And old things ought to pass away. It does not say if any man is in Christ, he feels like a new creature or acts like a new creature. It does not say he acts like a new creature. God said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things are passed away. Behold, new things have come in. As we read it, we see that these old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Not should become new, may become new, but behold, all things are. Key word in that verse is are. We can say that each man, woman, boy, and girl without Christ, they are still in their lost condition if they know not Christ. We just want to look at a few points and uh, had not planned to teach this this morning, but I spent quite a bit of time on a gentleman last night that him and his wife is arguing on eternal security to blood-bought believer. And I said, he asked me, he said, what do you do when people want to argue with you about that? I don't argue. I don't argue. If you disagree with me, if I disagree with you, my responsibility is to show you why. If it's not important enough for me to show you why, if it's not important enough for you to show me why, it really isn't important at all. But God said... In 1 Corinthians 12, 13, by baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're placed in Christ, becoming a part of his body. Now, you notice here, and I want you to read this verse, some of my others uh, quote or refer to it. But here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and uh, let's look at verse uh, 13. God said, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we be bond or free, 
and have been all made to drink into the one spirit. Makes no difference whether you're Baptist or Muslim or any other term we may want to discuss. God tells us here in the 13th verse, for by one spirit, for by one spirit, are we all baptized into one body? It's not talking about water baptism. Talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When God saved me, I was immersed with the Holy Spirit. The results was not me speaking in tongues. The results was that I began to think different. If you think different, you act different. If you act different, it's a good chance you've been born again. That is very simple language, but oh, so true. If you are born again, God said, old things will pass away. Behold, all things have become new. We said, well, we'll give you time to grow. Yes. And as you have a child and that child grows up, we don't expect it to walk in six months. We don't expect it to do a lot of things. But as it grows, as that little Newborn baby droves. They do different things. When a child of God droves, see, because when God saves us, he's a new creature. The old things are passed away. Because the Holy Spirit influences. That's why sometimes that we... Tell people, your problem is you spend too much time in the world. They don't like that. Most of the time, they don't even respond to it. But it's still the truth. Whatever you spend your time doing will influence you more than anything else. God also said in the book of Romans, work of the Holy Spirit. If I'm saved, you're saved. The Holy Spirit may work on me at one speed, may work on you at a different speed, but the Holy Spirit works on us. Notice Romans 6. Romans 6. And verse 3 and 4. Knowing not that so many of us that as were baptized unto Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Notice that little word, into his death. Once I am saved and the baptism tells me that I am dead to self. Self no longer controls me. He said, not what it says. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized unto Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. We died also. Not physically, but 
we died to the old world. We died to self. Then he said in verse 4, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. God said, even so, we also should. Now, every one of us should. Why do some of us don't? Because we're not yielding. We're not yielding. Most people will see a difference in their children when they start the school. Most people will see a difference in their children if they have different playmates. Why? Because they influence. And most parents, if it's called, if I call to their attention why that child may be doing this, you know, they said, well, you know, uh, that's, that's the way my child is. And, well, it's your child, my child, myself, yourself. We were all born a sinner. Every one of us born a sinner. But you notice in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, 2, 4 said, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins. We're physically alive if you're lost, but you're spiritually dead. The Holy Spirit, the word has no effect upon you. We learn to go through motions. We learn that we shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that. We learn if we're talking to somebody that is saved that, you know, and somebody that's lost, we mold ourselves to our surroundings. And that's not good. Because your surroundings and my surroundings, the world's surroundings is against God. So we see here in verse 5, even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ, by grace are ye saved. Now, notice, when I started a, attending Grace Baptist Church in Georgetown, I was going just to get my mother happy. It's really the only reason I went. It makes no difference why you go if you're under the word of God and you're behaving yourself. That means that you're not doing things that I've seen in churches during the preaching. But if you sit there and you listen, if you're one of his, you may fight it, but the spirit of God will quicken you and cause you to realize you need a savior. That's what the Spirit of God does. Nothing else does it. And something else that I say this, so if you are talking to somebody, nothing else will change how you feel or believe except the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. 
because I uh, looking up again this weekend on where this church started. And early in the history of this church, we were running 60 or 70 people. Most of them professed to be saved. But then they started King James is not the only Bible. Then they started. Let's do away with Sunday school. Thankful God moved them out. But they could have changed the whole work of this church. It probably wouldn't be here now. But God moved it. That's why that we talk to the Lord. We don't move people out. We don't bring people in. God does. But he uses people, places, things, and circumstances. The small churches are closing up month after month. So, well, it won't ever happen to us. We're about two or three families away from that. So we take more of our baptism, even Baptists, if we have a small one, say 12, 13 years old, that is baptized, the family will say, can you make it on a time when the family can be here? He said, well, that's great. The family is interested in, you know, or thankful. We just thank God now that child is being baptized. But it didn't affect them enough for them to start going church somewhere. The, that's emotionalism. We don't need just baptism. We need a regeneration or a new life. And regeneration is the work by which God, the Holy Spirit, makes us spiritually alive. Still in the book of Ephesians, as we look at uh, Ephesians chapter 2, Going down and we read verse 4, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are ye saved. Now notice verse 6. Notice what God says here. And have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, have raised us up together and made us. How does God make us do something? He changes how we see things. And sometimes he's got to put you down on your back so you can look up. But whatever it takes, 
If you're one of his, he'll do it. And if you rebel long enough, he takes you home. Why did George die? He was healthy as a... I mean, man, wasn't nothing wrong with him. Yeah, there was something wrong with him. He had a spiritual disease. It's called that Christ died for me so I would go to heaven. You believe that? You need to come and drifts with it. Yes, that's the benefit of being saved. But God saved you on purpose and for a purpose. And when we stop doing the purpose that God saved us for, he has no choice. He takes you home. We don't think about that because I'm going to make a statement. I hope you understand what I'm, why I said it. Uh, a lot of Baptists have gone to sleep on eternal security, the blood of believer. I'm saved. Preacher preaches it all the time. The Bible teaches it all the time. You know, I can never be lost. No, you can never be lost if you're truly saved. But if you're truly saved, you will no longer follow self, but you'll follow Christ. You may not be as close as some people are, but you're following him. And the more we follow him, the more excited we get because we realize that I'm here today not because I exercised right, ate right, did all that other stuff. And so we do it, yes. But I'm here today because God has an appointed time for me to go to heaven and my appointed time is not up. And one of the worst statements that I hear Baptists make is, well, as long as I get there, if I get to heaven by the skin of my teeth, isn't that ridiculous? It shows a lack of understanding. Not that they're lost. It's a lack of understanding. we got to understand that Christ saved you on purpose and for a purpose. Even the thief on the cross, what did he do? He did what he could do. That's all God asked. He said, we deserve this. God said in the book of Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Boy, that, it takes all the fancy footwork out of us. Well, I came and I listened. I want to make sure that they were right before I joined and you know, all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah in 55 years, I've heard it, most of it. God saved you, and God made you do what you're doing. And you found out that when you follow God, things are better. Even when they're bad, they're better than they would be if you didn't have him in your life. We need to realize 
that is it's of him. Everything about our spirituality is about him. You know, in John chapter 1 and verse 12, he said, But as many as receive him, to what? To those that receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. But yet that gentleman I was talking to this week, he said, I enjoyed the talk, preacher. And I believe that someday I will see it your way and I'll go to heaven. To be a college graduate, one of the dumbest men I've ever talked to. He's going to decide? Let me tell you, if there's only one way to be saved, and Jesus worked on my warner. If I had followed the flesh, I would still be doing what I was doing when God saved me. He works on your warner. See, it's like a man who said, "I'll never get married. I'll just date him." But then he dates that right one, and he's got to swallow all of that other stuff. Because love changes a man. And when you realize that Christ loved you, it was different. It was different because Christ loved you. Regeneration, new life. You know, eternal life has been imputed to us. We have been transferred from the dominion of darkness to the kingdom of light. I believe that's what he says in First John. I believe it's chapter 5. Let's see if my memory served me right. First John... Chapter 1, verse 12. Or John 5, 12. Now, when we see this, we see that here in the word of God, he that hath the Son hath life, and he that have not the Son of God, he doesn't have life. Is that something? Didn't say he that joins the church, he that is baptized, he that does anything. See, all those other things will fall into place. They will fall into place. But when we look at first, the first epistle of John, you know, and chapter 5, we see that God is saying here, what a difference. What a difference. He that hath the Son have life. He that hath not the Son have not life. First John chapter 5, verse 12. So, if we're saved, it's because we have 
him in the form of the Holy Spirit living in me. See, we depend on things. You know, when we would go to Georgia or we'd go to some place where we never had been, my wife didn't want to drive, but I depended on her because she could see the signs way ahead of me. Get in the right lane. Get in the middle lane. That's the way the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit tells us, don't go that way. Don't make that decision. And, you know, after someone or somebody, some power does that, you just depend on it, you know. And I've been depending on the Holy Spirit 50-some years to guide me, to lead me. Some days I didn't listen. And those days it never did turn out good, Brother Steve. It's just... It just don't turn out good when you don't listen to him. Now, the indwelling is a new power. When God saved me that Tuesday morning on US 25, I received a new power that I never had before. Well, God said in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 9, Romans 8, verse 9, God said, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I don't know about you, but, you know, when I'm even contemplating doing something that maybe would not be, you know, sort of middle ground, the Holy Spirit steps in. The Holy Spirit steps in. And he reminds me of a sermon I preached or a verse that I read. That's why that reading the word of God and being saved is so important because if you lean to the Holy Spirit and you pray, say, God, show me this Step I'm about to make. Will it draw me closer to you or will it take me farther away? And sometimes a certain scripture comes right to my mind. Sometimes. And that scripture will tell me and give me the answer. See, that's why this is your guide. One of y'all was in, in my car and driving, you know, and I I got more buttons and whistles on, on that thing that, you know, I don't even try to use them. So I got me a little Garmin, you know, and the person said, people don't use Garmin's anymore. I said, I'm a people and I still use Garmin. 
And that Garmin not only tells me how many miles there's going to be, but every little turn. That's my Garmin. You can read books about the book. You know, you follow that little thing on your dashboard and it tells you where you're going. Stupid, I already know where I'm going. I want to know how I'm going to get there. What turns I need to make. I know my goal is heaven. This is my garment. Same people that make fun of my garment would make fun of me carrying the Bible everywhere I go. The indwelling power. So God says here in Romans chapter 8, and you know, here in Romans chapter 8 and verse 9, where he says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Well, the spirit of God indwells me. It's been inside of me ever since I was saved. That Tuesday morning when I was saved, the spirit of God entered me. And I did the Spirit of God like I do the Bible sometimes. I set it aside. I know you're right, God, but, you know, this is important to the flesh. So we put the truth in the back seat. But there's just something missing in it. Just something missing when you know what you're doing. It's not real bad, but it's not real good. And since the Holy Spirit is perfect if it doesn't feel right, doesn't seem right, the Spirit of God is knocking. Listen. Check the Scriptures. And so God says here in Romans 8, 9, and 10, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. See, you won't feel the Spirit. The Spirit will not have any effect upon you if your life is full of sin. We smother it out. And we do that, especially young people. They... They can look at you right straight in the eye and not hear a word you say. But I've preached to people that way. And I can't change it. Only God. Only God can change that. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit supplies us with an inherent power that can be activated through Feeling of the Holy Spirit, you know. That's why Ephesians 5 8 is so important. Because salvation, our only source of motivation and power, was the sin nature. But after salvation, not only the power of sin's nature is broken, we still sin, but we don't have to. When you're when you was lost, there wasn't a battle. And that's why you sin freely. The Holy Spirit wasn't trying to tell you you was wrong. But once you're saved, 
you struggle because that old man that I learned from Brother DeRosset, you know, of course, you can't do that now, so, you know, we have the, and that we have the one bad man and one good man, and we could used to use colors without being discriminating on anybody or any color, but people have got so Bible wrong and intelligent few that you can't use illustrations like that. But it's good and bad, and it's a, it's a battle. The one you yield to is the one that comes out. We have a gifting, new purpose. You know, at salvation, the Holy Spirit gives each of us a unique spiritual gift. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. God said in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with them. He let the Holy Spirit come into me so it will profit me. The Holy Spirit tells you, you don't need to drink, you don't need to trust, you don't need to use drugs, you need to be faithful, you need to do this. It's a constant battle. That's why I go back to my favorite scripture in John. He that is in you is stronger than he that is in the world. <coughs> so this is the ideal that the devil made me do it. Won't hold water. Because if we're saved, we got more power than the devil has. As long as we lean to Jesus. The indwelling power of God, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit supplies us with an inherent power that can be activated through the filling of the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit. We ought to pray. I don't know if it's the last time you ever prayed for the Spirit. Maybe you never have. I don't know. But I, I'm telling you, it's one thing that I ask God for on a regular basis. I need your Spirit activated in me. Because if I followed me, even though I've been doing this for a long time, the flesh takes over. The flesh takes over. So I'll tell you right up front, Gentleman, I've been talking to, he asked me, he said, do you believe these people that teach and believe that they live a sinless life is being honest? Absolutely not. I was born a sinner and I'll die a sinner in the flesh. But I was reborn 50-some years ago, and if I die today, I'll die in the spirit. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. See, our problem is that we put too much confidence in us. Won't work. 
Won't work. We have a new purpose, you know. At salvation, the Holy Spirit gives each of us unique spiritual gifts. That's why that he adds individuals to the church. Now, sometimes uh, he gives us a gift. It's inside of us, but we got to see the need. we got to see the need, and then we may take lessons. We may go back to school. We may do anything because this is what I want to do. This is what the church needs. God said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with them. We have the Spirit inside of us so we can profit from the Spirit. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 11. But all these work that one and the self-same Spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. I don't have some of the gifts that you have and you don't have some of the gifts that I may have. But God gave you the gift, not so you can brag about it, but so he gave it to you to use in a local church. And if you don't use it, you'll lose it. That's just facts. How many of you took a foreign language and you, you can't you know, I took French. The only word I'm saying I probably don't pronounce that right is we. Man, you know, I'd make a, a great interpreter, wouldn't I? You know why I took the foreign language? <laughs> told me I should. Told me, I, you know. Besides that, there was a pretty girl in there that I liked, you know. We do those things for different reasons. But we read and study the Bible. Because that's how we get closer to God. Now, we, we don't have no reason at all not to because, you know, you tap in the sermon audio. If you don't like my preaching, you'll find some preacher on there that you like, some evangelist that you like. Just listen to preaching every day. Well, you know, I don't know what I want to listen to it every day, but we'll listen to what the world has to offer every day, won't we? God said, unique, unique work in us is what the Holy Spirit does. And our time's about gone, but the sealing our new destiny, you know, uh, it's just amazing what God has in store for us. You know, when we get to heaven, you know, I like bluegrass music, as most of you know, and, you know, and I like this, this song, I'll be sitting on the shore waiting with whatever. And I have a bit of truth in that. 
You think doors on the bank of the river up are waiting on me? No. As much as I love her and as much as she loved me, there ain't going to be no marriage in heaven. Well, I like to think so. I said, go ahead and think that. But you don't, you don't have one iota of a scripture. Because when we get to heaven, our focus will be on Jesus. On Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this.